Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hey everyone, today's episode is here. This is a big time episode. I want to thank my guest John Connor for coming on. We had an amazing conversation where we got to dive into just SOS, uh, his time at Aftermath, and also what's coming. He even gave us an exclusive sneak peek of what's to come as far as the future with John Connor goes. Listen man, this was just a big time moment for the podcast, so... Once again, shout out John Connor for coming on the podcast. Some housekeeping stuff real quick. If you don't, please follow me on all of the social medias. At Real Chris Platty, Twitter, Instagram are the two best platforms to find me on. That's the best way to stay active on this podcast. That's at Real Chris Platty, C-H-R-I-S-P-L-A-T-T-E. I know you know how to spell real. And then... Also, um, I got the album's bracket coming. It's going to be a big-time bracket. It's the best albums of the 2010s. That, that's going to be an amazing podcast. I just got the graphic design, the sneak peek of it. It's being finished right now. Can't wait to drop that, so be on the lookout for that. Also going to be talking with Spike Lou about how the coronavirus is impacting the music industry. Kind of an update there. And of course, more MJ uh, documentary review episodes, as well as what's going on in the NBA. There's some new reports about about the NBA willing to play at Disney World and um, being able to play next season or start next season in December. So there's a lot there on the Strictly Hoop Talk side. I definitely want to get you more on the Strictly Hoop Talk side since the hip-hop side has been so heavy this last month. But uh, without further ado, man, I'm going to throw it to the intro beat, and uh, let's get this started, man. John Connor, Chris Platty, Strictly Hip Hop, let's go. everyone hello and welcome to a very special the most special of special episodes on strictly hip-hop listen i have very long-term goals and aspirations for this podcast but no matter what this will always be one of the most important moments in this podcast my guest is a michigan legend a flint legend one of the greatest mixtape runs of the last decade which was covered right here on the podcast shout out to my guy connor ennis who did that with me it is one of my all-time favorite rappers. You know him as a people's rapper, John Connor. John, how you doing, sir? What's up, man? It's a pleasure. That was an amazing intro. I appreciate it. I am humbled beyond words, man. Thank you so much, man. 
man, look, I, I, I know, <laughs> I know that you're humble beyond words, but I'm about to put it to another level, man. I have a whole list. <laughs> I have a whole list of people I want to interview before I die on this podcast here, and <laughs> you are, you are top two, my guy. You are right <laughs> there. You, you are right probably. there. That is quite a high compliment, man, and I don't take it for granted, and I'm so appreciative. Thank you, man. Man, I'm, I'm glad to have you on, and I'm glad that you appreciate that. So let's just start with, you know, the fact that this is your first project since the Biggie, uh, since the Biggie mixtape, which you dropped, Best in the World, April 14, 2014. Just the simple fact, how does it feel to get a project out? <laughs> Oh my, oh my, oh my. <laughs> like, man, it feel good. It's a feeling that I can't even explain. Like, uh, music has been such a big part of my life since even before I was born, since, you know, I was in my mom's stomach, man. Like, you know, my, my dad you know, playing music to my mother's stomach, you know, before I was even born. So it's like, that's just who I am as a human being is to uh, to give my music out, to give my art out and to contribute, you know, contribute to the world in that way, you know, uh, through the music. So not being able to do that was some of the hardest, uh, you know, can I curse on here? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, yeah, that was some of the hardest shit I've ever been through. So it's like, man, I'm just feeling so grateful you know, to be back and, and, you know, all of those things and adversity, whatever it is that we go through is is just there to make us stronger. So, you know, it was a rough time going through that time period of not being able to release music. But now that I'm back, it's like, I appreciate that part of the journey and I appreciate being able to put music out and I appreciate the people that support my music so, so much more. Now I always appreciated it, but now it's like a, just gratitude. Tenfold. Yeah. Tim gratitude. Tenfold. As you can see from SOS, that's why it's so much gratitude in the album because I am, I am that thankful, man. Yeah, man. Well, it comes off very apparent on this project. Now, one of the things you talked about is, you know, your time on Aftermath wasn't exactly ideal. However, you maintain that you still have a good relationship with Dre in songs, posts, Instagram live sessions, which makes mm-hmm. a hip hop fan in me feel good. But the most interesting thing that you've said uh, when talking about Aftermath is that you made the parallel to being almost like a college for you. So with that being said, what was like the most valuable lessons that you feel you learned both as an artist and maybe even just as the business side of music? Um, I think that, uh, you said, what was the most important thing on the business side and what else? Cause my and, phone and just as an artist. Oh, and just as an artist. Well, absolutely. Um, my time spent on aftermath was definitely like college, you know what I'm saying? Like being and having one of the greatest, you know what I'm saying? To ever do it kind of be your head professor, you know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> And uh, but I think that some of the most important things that I learned for one as an artist is just because a song is is uh, finished doesn't mean it's done. Like just because you got a uh, the beat and you got the rap on there, that don't make it done. You know what I'm saying? Like I remember one time Dre told me, you know, you know a song is done when you've exhausted every idea that you could possibly think of for that record to make it as as interesting as it can it be. And you know what I'm saying, and, and to hold people's attention as long as possible by just making it as creative as could possibly be. So I think before I got to aftermath, it was like, well, I got the beat, I got the rap, 
You know what I'm saying? To mm-hmm. to the, to an extent, you know what I'm saying, it's done because I always had certain instincts in me as a producer. But I think that when I met him and when I went over to Aftermath, it was like it solidified certain things that I, I felt like I already had in me instinctually. But then it took my level of creativity to a whole nother. It took my level of creativity to a whole nother uh, plane because seeing Dre like do do what he does, it was like, oh, snap. Like, I didn't even know this was possible or that was possible. Just certain things when um, in regards to music so i would say as an artist that's one of the biggest things i learned from being over there that just because a song is finished don't mean it's done you know think of every idea that you could possibly have for that song so that years later when you listen to that song you say yep i did everything i could have possibly done for that record and on the business end, I think uh, just over the years, what I learned is, you know, bet on yourself, you know, bet on yourself when everybody else bets against you, you know, have that drive and belief in yourself to where, you know, uh, there's pros and cons to everything, you know, there's pros and cons to being independent and there's pros and cons to being on a major label. But I think overall, I think that a lot of times us growing up in impoverished areas and coming up how we come up, we think that getting a record deal is the only way to be successful in music. And that's not the truth. You know, it's like, uh, you know, what is success to you? Success should be being able to express yourself through your craft, be able to pay the bills from making music and help people along the way and help your friends and family out through this gift that you have. So it's like, for me, it's like, that's what I learned business wise. It's like bet on yourself, make sure you know the business, you know what I'm saying? So that you can't get tricked and all that other type of stuff with contracts. That's what I tell for the, for the younger artists, make sure you know what's in contracts, make sure you know what your publishing is and make sure you know what points are and royalties and the differences and the ways that you get paid. You know what I'm saying? Like, be be cautious and be careful and you know say make sure you're aware of those things so that's just a few things that just make sure you bet on yourself don't think that having a, a major label deal is the only way that you can be successful it's not independent you know there's pros to being independent you know what i mean so that's one of the things that i would think very well said very well said now let's jump into sos here so um, we'll start with the we'll start with the intro because man, you always know how to start a project. Going back to your mixtape days of while you were sleeping, and on this one, man, is just a, is a whole nother. Those drums in the intro are just so monumental, so Thank so you. powerful, and the way they hit, I like that record, and I feel like that record perfectly kind of captures how you're feeling being able to drop music again, right? <laughs> Yes, absolutely, man. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Like music for me, man, is always an expression of how I'm feeling at the time, you know, and one of the cool things about this project and these the early reactions I've been getting is people saying that in certain parts of the album that they've actually been brought to tears and you know what I'm saying? And certain levels of excitement and certain levels of just motivation and feeling inspired is dope, man, because it's like, it makes me feel good because it's like, wow, this is coming off exactly how I would have liked it to come off. People are feeling my emotions and feeling like everything that I went through, the ups and downs and the emotional like roller coaster that I went through on this journey. People are actually feeling it, and it's no better feeling in the world than that, man. Yeah, man. There's definitely some feelings that you give on this record, and we'll get to that. Uh, one of the records I want to highlight is Black featuring Sister Tour, which is 
got that just that dope run dmc iconic <laughs> hip-hop sample you got the record scratches in there so it's just hip-hop as fuck right and then you bring in the the sister tour of Flint ending the record. Kind of reminded me of like Puff talking shit on a big record. <laughs> Man, right, right, right. That's a really dope record. So how did that record come about? Uh, well, man, it's so crazy. Shouts out to the sister tour. Um, man, I'm smiling talking about that record because I'm thinking about how much fun we had while we was making it. <laughs> and I wanna, um, I wanna definitely shout out the DLC and Chuck D because those were the two influences as far as the way I rhymed on that joint. Like mm-hmm. it was a, it was a direct, you know what I'm saying? Influence from those two. And, and as an artist, man, I feel like, you know, you, you don't, you know, the way to prepare for where you are going is to know where you've been. And I'm a student of hip hop, man. So there are times in the way that I might rhyme or certain things that I put into my production that I'm doing it to pay homage that for the generation after me, it'll make, if they like the song black, then it's like, oh, you a love public enemy then. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. If you, like the song, you know, if you like the song Black, you would love the DLC. You know what I mean? So it's like I do things like that, like the way that I rhymed on the song Black. It was to pay homage to those that came before me. So big salute big salute to uh, Chuck D and DLC and Public Enemy and Flavor Flav and, you know, Professor Griff, all of them, man, because like they paved the way you know what i'm saying yeah. that's just that song in a, in a lot of ways is uh paying homage to them but um making that joint was fun man because the sister sword they got so much energy like <laughs> when we was in the studio man it was this energy just off the charts they are so <laughs> they spirits are so big and if you ever meet them or if you ever around them both of their spirits just fill up the room you know what i mean yeah. and it was just that whatever y'all feel listening to the record we felt it 10 times more as we was making it like just having a good time having fun and um i thought that that record like was just uh the message in that record was just important just just to say Mm -hmm. that a lot of times within the black community um we we actually uh it's like we down each other on a regular basis you know whether it's calling our women bitches and calling each other the n-word you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's like let's take a look at ourselves and let's take a look at this like poisonous behavior that we exhibit on a day-to-day basis it's like let's check ourselves and let's love each other and that's why it was important for me to say it doesn't mean that i hate you when i uplift my Mm -hmm. people it's like i'm the people's rapper i love all races all genders all no matter where you're from but it was just one of those things where i felt like you know as a black man it's like let's check ourselves let's do better you know what i'm saying let's support each other let's not hate on each other you know what i'm saying let's call our women queens let's call each other kings and that was the biggest thing that was important for me on that record yeah and that's what i loved about that record is that you did give the opposite side of it and that's what uh you've done throughout your whole career is you've done the don't want to be's with leah mack right where you give the where you give the whole other side of the n-word as opposed to just as opposed to just the the line now don't get it twisted you still got the line in there about congress which is one of my favorite lines on the <laughs> on the whole project about thank how, you how congress sees how congress sees black people at as baby mamas and, and convicts like you know yes. so that was a really real line but you give both sides of it and that's what i like so much about that record and i want to speak on just like because of you you bringing that up and how fun it was to collab with the sister tour uh just the collaborations in general like i was i was feeling this when i was listening to morning motivation to the cypher record like man just you being who you are 
like I know you to be an MC. So was the ability to just be able to collaborate and compete with artists again one of your favorite parts of making this project? Um, I think that uh, the funny part about that question is, bro, I'm never competing. Like, come on, no, that's you're an MC though. Come on, you know what I mean. Like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm. It's funny to me because uh, me and Royce the Five Nine was having this conversation. (laughs) He was, he was making me laugh because he's like, man, you know what you be doing. Like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, he like, he was like, chill out, man. Like, you know what you be doing. But it's funny to me because I, I really mean it, man. When I um. The best part about um, being on songs with other MCs is if I go hard, it's because I have that much respect for the people that I'm on the song with. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't want to be that dude that got the weak verse. And yeah. it's like, you know, when you got cats like speaking on the cypher, when you got Daylight, when you got Kid Vicious, Chris Webby, uh, Afro, uh, Terminology, my little brother Ace Cabana, like all of these people, like they come with it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like for me, it, it's, it is fun to push yourself. You know, not so much for me competition. Like I, like I want to be better than because I'm not a dude. I don't believe in better than. I believe that everybody has their own lane, and as long as you do what you do best, then that's the point of everything. So for me, the fun of it is to be back around MCs that push me to be a better me. Not so, mm-hmm. not so much to be better than them, but to be uh, better than whatever my last verse was and to make sure that I deliver whatever it is to be John Connor to the highest degree, man. So it's a beautiful thing, man. Man, that's still competitive adjacent, but I got you. I got you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, man, uh, I really enjoyed that. And I thought that I I could just sense it in the way in the way that you approach the records, the way they approach the records, that it was just that it was just very, very fun to get to collaborating again. And the next track I want to highlight is The Procedure because this one to me is just the most powerful track on here. It's unsettling. It's chaotic as hell. It's easily one of the best records of the year. I mean, this is this is just John Connor, but with a new twist. Like the way you write the song and you change the cadence, like all of that new stuff is that that's really when I started to see the evolution of you as an artist right like when you talk about you know aftermath being college for you the procedure to me is one of the is one of the most shining examples of that in the way that i'm i'm seeing you i'm seeing you play with the play with the instrumental add effects uh change your flows everything like that just your writing is just it is different than i think it would have been four or five six years ago on there so um, just really, really kind of take me through that the creation process of that record. Oh, man, the procedure. Oh, man, man, man. The procedure is definitely a, uh, I would definitely say it's a great example of uh, exactly what you said about how me talking about aftermath was my time spent in college because it really was. And that is one of those examples. It's a lot of ways that when I was uh, working with Dre, that he would teach you to use your voice as an instrument. Like, you know, if you're an MC, like, your voice is an instrument as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't just stop with the actual words to the record. It's the the vocal tones. It's the inflections in your voice. You know what I'm saying? It's the, the space that you give the record, you know, because as an MC, a lot of times we just want to go, 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 but it's about letting the music breathe as well. You know what I'm saying? So uh, with the, the procedure, I want to give a shout out to PEB Rocks and Concept because they produced the record and, 
when they first gave me that joint, it was one of them situations where the the words just came to my head immediately. Like I don't write rhymes down. I haven't wrote rhyme, a rhyme down since 2011. So it's like with the way I create music, if I get music from another producer, it has to be that thing where the words just hit me immediately. And if it doesn't happen like that, then I'll pass on the record or come back to it later. So it was just like when I heard it, it was everything in that beat, the aggression, the mm-hmm. way the, the drums hit, the instrumentation with the, the strings and all of that, like that truly embodied the anger and the passion that I felt about Flint, about the water crisis, about everything that was going on in my city and everything that was going on in the world. And when I actually wrote the record, it was a lot going on with the, uh, the relationship between the community and police officers that I felt like, you know, y'all need to hear us. This is the way we feel about it. You know, this mm-hmm. is not to say all all police officers are bad or all police officers are good. You know, there are good and bad people in all walks of life. But I think that it was just something that needed to be addressed in a certain way. And if I'm going to be the people's rapper, that means that I got to attack those issues that maybe, you know, people might want to stay away from. But I think that it needs to be heard so that it at least starts a, a peaceful dialogue of how we can change these things and make things better. Yeah, you say you, you say that you know it, it was at a time when uh, when the tensions were were high, and so I'm wondering that's kind of leads me to a question: like, are all of these records were were these all made like in the past uh, month, two months since you've been since you've been a free agent, or some of these uh, throughout the years that you made? Yeah, man, this this is uh, the records for SOS. Are, some of them are st- stemming from like two years ago. Because I, ne- I never stopped creating. Right. So for me, it just came with time where my man's Mike Brinkley and Mo Cleaves, they was like, yo, it's, let's put something out. Like, let's get it. So it was like, these are, you know, songs that are compiled from probably like the last two years up until okay. the last song that I did for Vehicle City was actually made like, I don't know, last month. So, it, but it was like, it needed to be on the record. So, you know, you got songs from two years ago all the way up to like last month. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I I didn't know if uh I didn't know if it was going to be all within the last within the last month or if it was going to span span back. Now, another thing that the procedure brings up that I think is uh is another testament to to your growth is just the sequencing of this project, like the way you have beautiful before the procedure, then you have the procedure which we talked about is this violent like unsettling record, and then you have you after it. And I think that this whole project reflects kind of a, a, a build, a rise and a, a rise and a fall, like, you know, from Vehicle City to I Know, Stay Distracted, then you go to then you go to Black, then to the Code. So it's just it's a it's a continuous wave uh, ebb and flow of of energy throughout the record. And so was that something that you really paid attention to with this project? And is that something that you think you've uh, you've refined over your years is your is your sequencing ability? Yeah, absolutely. Even when I was in high school, like I took sequencing very seriously, even back then. You know, I think that uh, I was, um, you know, of course, we are born with certain gifts. And I think I was born with musical abilities. But like I say, that time spent at Aftermath, it got more, it got deeper as far as like caring about the placement of songs and the the psychology of why certain records are next to each other. So um yeah, absolutely. I would definitely say that. All right. Now this is this is something sequencing is something that I just really 
have enjoyed and I've grown to enjoy it more in the last couple of years just as a as a fan of music like oftentimes I'll I'll take an artist's discography and I'll throw together 10 12 songs and I'll try to just play with how I can sequence it myself to make to make sense so I know that there's a real art to sequencing is it something that you can explain or is it something that you just really feel as you as you're listening I think it's a little bit of both I think that you feel it and um you know what I'm saying I think that it's it's pretty much like an album is like you telling a story it's like your mo- it's a movie you mm-hmm. know the, the album in itself is a movie there's a beginning a middle and an end and you want to have those times just like in a movie where it's like a roller coaster where okay you start off a certain way then you got your highs then you want to chill everybody back out and then at the end, you want to have a conclusion is the way I've always looked at creating albums. It's like this is a movie and you're telling a story throughout the whole thing or like a Broadway play where act one, act two and act three. So I've always looked at uh, putting records together like that, like, uh, you know, what I'm saying like it's a, it's a movie. So take them through that journey, have a beginning, a middle and an end and have one consistent like theme that you're trying to or one consistent message that you're trying to get across for the entire project. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that there definitely is a consistent message, but within that SOS gives me kind of like, uh, just an overall scope of, of John Connor, right? You got the introspective records, you got the politically charged records, the relationship records, the cipher, the spitting, just bar centric type records. So was that kind of also another goal of SOS was to just be able to kind of re as you're reintroducing yourself to the world for lack of a better term you know you want to you want to showcase all facets of john connor well yeah absolutely man um i don't know if i consciously did that because i think um like i said for me it's more so based off what i feel and when Mm -hmm. i'm creating whether it's creating the music as a producer or creating the uh, lyrics as a songwriter it's like this is all coming from you know my spirit it's all coming from my soul it's coming from my feelings and emotions so it's for me it's whatever the music brings out of me so i don't know that i consciously did that but it was really cool to be able to express myself in, in all those different ways Okay, man, that's dope. Now let's move to the outro record where this is a song where you most address your situation with Aftermath and it was done so well that honestly, I as a fan, I don't think I need to hear more from you of that situation. Is that how you feel? Do you feel there's more to address or do you feel like that was the record that made it, that that stated what you needed to state, uh, kind of put you, your your side of it, your perspective on it and now it's time to move on and go forward with uh, with blue city club yeah absolutely and thank you for saying that yeah i think that that's exactly what that was it was like closing the chapter on us on a on a closing the book on a certain chapter of my life you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it was a great time but it's like yeah let's put it you know let's put it into it is and it's all love like you said like I, I for the fans that wanted answers it was like you know here you go but let's yeah. you know let's move forward you know there was a john connor before that that there'll be a john connor after that and i think that it's so many like just dope artists that you know 
have that same story and same scenario. You know, you look at 50 Cent who was signed uh, before he got to Aftermath. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Then you, you know, you look at, I've been saying lately, like Puff was, Puff Daddy worked at Uptown Records, but then left Uptown and created Bad Boy. You know, so I look at it like this is a dope part of my journey that I spent five years, you know, learning under one of the best. But now it's like, let me take everything I learned and let me create my own, you know, saying let me create my own legacy and add to my own legacy and and get back to doing what I do. So, yeah, it was definitely to just bring all of that to a close. That's awesome, man. And bringing the album to close, speaking of, of bringing things to close. The way you close the album with the reprise, the thank you, where you have all of the fan messages, man. Um, first of all, the beat does a great job of capturing that feeling. And then secondly, like, you know, I, I know that artists have done this before. Um, you're, you're not the first artist to do it. But, man, I would be lying to you if I didn't, if I said that I didn't feel a stronger connection to that particular record. Like, it was just... The, the people were saying the right things. The beat was in the right place. I mean, everything everything about that really just stood out. So what was the process of going through? Because I imagine that's a whole lot of editing. That's a whole lot of sifting through and figuring things out. So how does a record like that even just come together? Yeah, man, it was uh, it was quite the process. And I keep it all the way real with everybody that sent in those messages. I definitely teared up a couple times in the studio, like listening to everybody's messages, because, it, you know, you never know how many people you reach and you're always humbled by just the fact that anybody listens to your music and appreciates what you do. So the fact that it's reached to places like, you know, Australia and the UK and Canada, and I'm just a kid from Flint, it's like, I'm just forever grateful. And yeah, man, you right. That intro, that outro, what is it, like 12, 13 minutes or something yeah, like that? Yeah, 12 minutes, I believe. So what people got to know is like the messages were longer than what y'all hear them on, mm-hmm. the, on the actual record. Yeah. So that, that came after like hours of me trying to trim down each one so that everybody could get like individual shine, you know what I'm saying, and be able to mm-hmm. have their voice be heard on the project. But it was a, man, it was like a three or four day process. <laughs> like, <laughs> to finishing that outro but that's how important the people are to me that is like i want y'all to be a part of this y'all have been such a part of john connor's career and everything that i've ever had a chance to do in the first half of my career i owe it all to the people so it's like this our album this ain't even this ain't just my album this ain't a john connor album man it's a celebration for all of us like this is a celebration for everybody that been rocking with me so it's like what better way and how much closer could we get than to have the people actually be represented on the record by being on the record so yeah it, it was well worth it though i will gladly put in that work again all over again just to express to the people how much i love and care yeah and shout out my friend adam lavers who actually got one of the uh got one of the messages on there as well um, oh that's dope that's dope yeah shout out you said his name is adam yeah, Adam. Shouts to Adam, man. Appreciate yeah. it. He'll be listening, no doubt. Um, Word. So, so okay, so moving on from SOS, I know you said a lot more music is coming. And honestly, this is a this is a topic that I've really, really gotten engaged with is the idea of just the state that we're in, the, the unprecedented times. Um, I know you being an independent artist, which relies heavily on touring, merch, all of that. But do you think that this that there is some type of small blessing in this pandemic if the big artists continue to avoid dropping that the window is kind of more open to you? Like, for example, we saw last year 
a lot of the big artists, the the Kendricks, the Coles, the Drakes, none of them really dropped last year. Cole kind of did with the Dreamville thing, but um, but a lot of the bigger artists took the year off, and then that kind of shined the spotlight on Meg The Stallion and the Baby, and allowed them to kind of to kind of grow. So, um, do you think that there's some type of small blessing in that artists, if artists continue to avoid dropping, because I mean. From from the reports that that I'm reading, you know, I know that Kendrick and Big Sean and all of them were aiming to drop sometime in the early earlyish part of the year by by about now. But now that there's no word, I'm thinking that they're moving because a lot of artists are just like, I can't tour, I can't do anything. So where do you fall in the camp of of releasing music in this time? Man, I'm I'm of the mind of looking at it like. You know, people need an escape right now. You know, people need something to do. People need to get their minds off of the obvious of what's going on on the news and for the most part on all the social media. I'm just here to help people have an escape, have an outlet, have something to listen to, have something to talk about, have some different conversation than what everybody else is talking about, which obviously is this whole pandemic thing. So Mm -hmm. for me, man, like I say, that mantle of being the people's rapper, that's something that I take seriously. And um, with me, it's like, I just want to build that rapport up with the people to know that, you know, rain, sleet, hail, or snow, I'm going to be here. And whether we're going through drama, you know what I'm saying, whether we're going through, you know, some, like whether we're going through something like this pandemic, I'm going to always be there as a voice to 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 for the people. And so for me, I'm going to keep dropping music no matter what's going on. You know what I'm saying? I, I respect how everybody else is getting down. But for me personally, I look at it like I'm, I'm going to be there to give people an escape. Okay, that's awesome, man. I, re- I really like that. I really like that answer. Um, so it. moving forward, then are you uh, are you continuing the Monday drops? I know you talked with Webby about that about the about the idea of dropping consistently on a week. Are you what about a best in the world series? Or I know you've been remixing a ton of beats. Maybe you could do like a dedication type thing. Like I'll never forget that Nas album done remix that you did on Snapchat. Um, that that was legendary. So like, what's kind of the plan moving forward for you as an artist? Well, yeah, moving forward, man. Um you know, SOS, letting that live. And um, we got things coming out that's going to support SOS. Like we got the uh, documentary, The Road to Legendary, narrated by Royster59. And guess Oh, the- yes. Yeah, man. It, where it tells <laughs> my guy. Me, yeah, man. It tells my whole story from high school to the underground years to my time at Aftermath to leaving Aftermath and starting all varsity music group back up with my man Mo Cleese. So, you know, the documentary is coming. We got the we got videos coming for some records off of SOS. Um and then after that, man, yeah, we just gonna keep dropping. We got my artist Ace Cabana, his project is coming. We're looking at July, August. Name of the album is Moonwater and I produced the whole album from top to bottom along with my production team. Um, after that, we also got the, uh, best in the world Nas, the tape that I've been working on best in the world, Tupac tape that I've been working on. Um, oh man. Yeah. Oh man. It's on, oh, man. man. Yeah. It's we, on. Yeah. We back in the SOS too, man. I'm trying to get out there by October, November. So that's, you know, it's going to be a, a eventful year for all varsity music group, man. And, and just building back that trust and that rapport and that consistency with the fan base and just giving, giving people more music, just giving them something to be excited about, man. Man, that's beautiful. That's beautiful to hear, man. That's beautiful to hear. So in the meantime, it, tell, tell me, tell my listeners, tell my fans, what's the best way to support John Connor right now? Do you yeah. got merch with the album? Is there vinyls coming? I'm a huge vinyl collector. How's the best way for us to support? 
Well, man, uh, keep supporting by spreading the word. Like I say, being an independent artist and having an independent company, we, you know, what we do don't mean nothing without the people. So it's like the people, we need you to spread the word. You know, we need you to ride for us. You know what I'm saying? In those comments, we need y'all to spread the word to the people and go stream that, go buy it, go purchase it. We got physical copies coming as well. As soon as, uh, as soon as we order the physical copies, I'll have it, you know, saying the date for y'all that they'll be available. Is it CDs and vinyls or just CDs? Yeah, man, I'm gonna try to do CDs and vinyl. You know what I mean? Oh man, vinyl, I'm I'm there. I'm there. Yeah, man, you know vinyl. That's a that's an essential part that's of the classic. culture, man. Absolutely. So you know, just in any way possible, just uh, we need the people to support and spread the word. You know, it's no promotion like word of mouth. And just give it a shot, give it a chance, and I, I guarantee you, y'all will rock with it. And if you rock with it, go tell ten people, man. Yeah, man, that's the plan. So thank you, John, for coming on this podcast, man. I'm going to link SOS in the description of this podcast for those that somehow didn't listen to that and listen to this podcast, but it's going to be down there along with John Connor socials. John, I want to thank you for coming on because seriously, I, I told you this off air. I told you this at the beginning. You are a huge inspiration to this podcast. Thank you. Um, you know, you're, you're a big time influence on me. This is a big moment for me. I I appreciate you, and uh, man, I'm just glad to be able to have a conversation with you and give you your flowers because um, you definitely, you definitely deserve it. So I look forward to continuing to talk with you and continuing to um, to speak with you, man. Man, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity on your platform, man, to spread the word. I can't say it enough. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for the wonderful words that you said about you know, me and the music and all of that. I can't say thank you enough, man. And thank you to everybody that's listening for supporting SOS. And if you haven't heard it, please go listen to it now and tell 10 people, man. Yeah, man. And another thing I saw that on the Homicide Freestyle, you sampled uh, Dead End Hip Hop, which is which is the partners of this podcast. So I just want to state it clearly so that it's legally binding in court. Anytime you want to sample my podcast, man, feel free. To you. <laughs> feel free. This is legally binding. Oh in court, man, it's love, man. It's love. <laughs> you know I do, man. You know how I do, man. I always go and research the people. You know what I'm saying, so I can make. You know what I'm saying. Those that support me feel a part of what we're doing because everybody that supports is a huge part. Because without y'all, there is no me. So you just might get sampled one of these days, man. Don't be surprised. Hey, man, anything from this interview, anything from Connor's series, anything from any of the other times, million times I mentioned you on this podcast, man, legally binding in court. This is Chris Platty <laughs> saying that you could that you could sample it free of charge, my guy. Thank Take you. care. Stay safe during these times. Uh, best to you you and yours during, during these crazy times. And uh, we look forward to seeing what you do next. Oh, man, absolutely. And same to you, man. Blessings to you and your family as well. Thank you, man. Have a good one. You too, man.